Have you ever been told that when you were younger, you kind of looked like somebody? When I was younger, people said I kind of looked like John Cusack, who was in such movies as uh, Say Anything, Sixteen Candles, and Con Air, one of my favorite movies of all time. Now, I don't mean to brag, but I've been accused of looking like other celebrities in the past as well. For example, about 30 years ago, uh, I, Lisa and I were at a McDonald's having a Big Mac and fries, really healthy stuff, of course, when this little boy and his mom walk into the, to the restaurant and he pulls on his, mom's, on, on his mom's arm and he says, Mom, isn't that him? Well, of course, I'm immediately thinking, this kid thinks I'm John Cusack, right? And I'm preparing my speech to let him down easy, but I'm going to offer to give him my autograph anyway because you never know, he may just want one. Um, Anyway, as I'm thinking this stuff, he walks up to me, puts his hand on my arm, and he says, Hey, mister, aren't you Pee Wee Herman? Now, I'm not going to lie. Hurt my feelings a little bit. But the fact is, you can see the resemblance, right? But that's just it. It's, the, it's just a resemblance. If you look close enough, you can easily see the difference between me and John Cusack and Pee Wee Herman. Now, why do I share all that with you today? I share it with you because today as we continue in our sermon series on the end times prophecy and the second coming of Christ, the Bible says that as those times draw nearer, there will be people who come onto the scene who are kind of like Jesus lookalikes. And some of those same people will even claim to be Jesus, to be the Christ or the Messiah. You know what the Bible says about those people? The Bible says they are Antichrist. Well, this morning we're going to look uh, a little more deeply at who these people are and what we can look for and prepare for as those, day, uh, those days approach. So, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 24, and let's get started. Okay, Matthew chapter 24 is basically the same scene that we were looking at last week in Mark chapter 13. Jesus is hanging out with his disciples, and they're talking about the things that they can look forward to or they can look towards uh, as the second coming draws near. They talk about a lot of things, but there's one thing in particular that Jesus talks about twice in verses 4 and 5, and in verses 23 through 26, Jesus uh, talks about these lookalikes. Now, we should always be paying attention to what everything that Jesus says, but when Jesus says the same thing twice in one chapter, I think it's a pretty big deal, and we should really be paying attention. Okay, now I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. There, the Apostle John, inspired by the Holy Spirit, says this. He says, y'all know that uh, the Antichrist is coming, but I'm telling you, there have been many Antichrists that have already come. Now, I, I wanted to come to that verse for just a second. Um, to emphasize a couple of things. The first one is this. It emphasizes what we were talking about earlier, that all throughout history, there will be people coming to be or claiming to be the Christ. Um, we've had that happen in modern times, for example. Um, some of the modern um, antichrist, if you will, that, that have people that have claimed to be the Messiah are uh, David Koresh, uh, Jim Jones and, and the Reverend Sun Young Moon. You remember him? He, if you're my age or, or older, you probably remember the Moonies. Well, uh, those are some of the modern day examples of people who were 
Antichrist. But this is what I want to draw your attention to more specifically. That verse also reminds us that though there will be Antichrists that come in the future, the Antichrist is coming as well. Now, who is the Antichrist? Well, you can't, um, just claiming to be the Messiah isn't enough evidence to suggest that they are the Antichrist. You'd actually want to see, has this per person fulfilled any prophecy related to who the Antichrist might be? So, let's go to back to Matthew chapter 24. In verse 15, Jesus says this. He says, when you see the abomination of desolation um, standing in the holy temple, then you will know that the time is drawing near. Well, has anybody ever fulfilled that prophecy about uh, the abomination of desolation? Well, some people think so. In AD 70, there was this Roman general named Titus who was sent to Jerusalem to, to put down a Jewish revolt. There were some folks who were trying to basically wrest control of Jerusalem away from the Roman Empire. So the emperor sends this, this general, Titus, into Jerusalem to put down the revolt, and he does one thing in particular to send a message. He goes up to the Temple Mount, into the temple itself, and he has it destroyed utterly and completely. As a matter of fact, the temple has not been rebuilt since. Anyway, um, a lot of people at the time thought that General Titus was the Antichrist because he fulfilled, he, they thought he fulfilled that uh, prophecy that Jesus gave there in Matthew chapter 24, but he didn't. Titus was not the Antichrist. In Revelation chapter 13, the Antichrist is referred to as the beast. And there's been speculation throughout history that says that the beast or the Antichrist will, will rise to prominence during um, a world catastrophe um, with pestilence and disease and economic collapse. Sound familiar? It's that kind of thing that has given rise to the, the questions that people have been asking today. Does this world pandemic have anything to do with end times prophecy? The fact is, I don't know. As we've kind of already alluded to, there have been lots of things that have happened throughout history that kind of resemble the end time prophecies in some sense or another, but they really haven't um, kind of claimed or led us to the end times in particular. Um, people have will use that fact, as a matter of fact, to say this doesn't fit either. This doesn't really fit, uh, and they'll just dismiss it, and they'll, they'll think it's, it's not it, and, and they may be right. What we're going through today may not be um, in times. I wouldn't argue with anybody on that. I just don't know. But you want to know what I do know? I know a couple of things. The first thing I know is this. Um, we need to be reading our Bibles. Because even though we will not know the exact date of Christ's return, the Bible says we can know the time and the season. There are things that we can do to prepare that we can look for that will help us to know as the church that Christ is returning so that we might not be deceived and so that we can kind of sound the, the clarion call to the world that Christ is coming and they, they, that people can fix their eyes on Jesus and, and that there is hope. We need to be reading our Bibles. There's something else I know as well. 
during times of chaos when it feels like nobody else is, nobody's in control, uh, we can be assured that God is in control. None of the stuff that we're going through today comes as a surprise to God. Um, in fact, in God's hands, all of it has a purpose. Uh, we can trust in that. And we can also trust in the fact that um, if this happens to be end times, that's a good thing. You know why? Because I've read the end of the book and God wins. And because God wins, we win too. Now, I want to invite you to join me next week because we're going to delve more deeply into the, the whole concept of the Antichrist or the beast. We're going to look at the things that we can prepare for or the things that we can look for to determine whether um, anyone kind of fits that bill. So I invite you to join us next week at 9.30, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. In the meantime, uh, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, and you'll experience a, a peace and a joy that goes beyond all human understanding. Let's pray. Lord, I love you, and I praise you, and I thank you that even in the midst of chaos, we can find peace and hope. And I want to thank you, Lord, that, that you haven't kind of left us in the dark that there are things that we can do and things we can prepare for um, that, will, that will help us to, to be the church, to be your light in the midst of the world's chaos that they're experiencing today. Uh, use Prairie Bible Church, use Christians all around the world, Lord, to be your light and to share your hope because the world needs it. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you again next week. Earlier we talked about the notion of a false savior. We also talked about the notion of our true savior, which is our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to kind of confirm some of the things that I said earlier with a word from scripture. You see, the ancient Israelites had the pr same problem that some of us do, is that we look to other things and we run to them and we try to rely on those things as being our savior. If you would, could you please turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 4. We're going to be reading verses 11 and 12. It says this about Jesus. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. You see, Jesus is the only one worthy. He's the only one that we can call our Lord and Savior. So let's sing together that he is worthy of that praise.
meet. Is it good that we remind ourselves of this? Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? Thank you all for joining us in worship today. Some of you may have heard that the governor has lifted the um, restrictions on religious gatherings. So in the next week or two, you're going to be hearing some news about when we're going to all be getting back together again. So keep your eyes and ears open. And in the meantime, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Have a great week.